WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Laswitz. And this week, our guest is the writer behind AIPT's weekly X Men Monday column, which this week celebrates its 100th installment. Please welcome back to the show, Chris Hassan. What's up, Chris? What up? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Of course. I, I love the show. And uh, as I said off air, this is my favorite podcast performance, or not performance, appearance ever on any podcast. You guys are very chill hosts. And well, very chill. You. We appreciate that. Um, I'm securing a third spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what it is. You're, you're putting in your res for a year from now. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a favor one day. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so this past week, as we're recording, uh, we got first looks at Russell Dodderman's Hellfire Gala designs. So uh, what, what's your favorite look from that batch? Oh, um, I, it's got to be something Emma. Um, I, Three dresses yeah, to choose from on that. On I that know, that's, a, that's why I'm freezing here. Um, <laughs> probably the, I don't know, probably w- w- one of them. <laughs> I don't have them in front of me, but... Uh, the the fur one was was really cool with the mm-hmm. the headpiece, and then I also liked the uh, the comments from Russell that it was like uh, her secondary mutation is like jewelry, like she's wearing her secondary mutation. I thought that was cool. Yeah. So yeah, I I I'll, I like all three because that's what Emma would be mad if I picked one, right? She she want me to like all three. Probably. I, I mean, you know, she must be nothing less than fabulous at all times. So. <laughs> what about what about you guys? What was your favorite? Uh, Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you go first there, bud? <laughs> I will uh, brave the wrath of our diamond goddess because I got to go with Aurora Storms Storms outfit with the the cloud effect and the 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 regal sort of shoulders and bodice and the the matching neck and gauntlet pieces just looks. So really cool she's wearing the weather that's cool yeah. too. you know it, it's always it is always a good thing to see storm eating well <laughs> you know what i mean like I, unfortunately you know the past decade hasn't happened all that often mm-hmm. you know and, and and that was definitely a design fit for a goddess uh one other outfit i will point out i saw uh russell's design for Jean, and i was just like get rid of the butt cape and maybe lower the heel. That's a uniform, baby. Like put the goddamn mini dress away and you can wear that. <laughs> I, I saw that comment a lot on Twitter that they want that as their costume. Yeah. I, I Jean's costume is interesting too, because she's holding up the, the headpiece. Like there's like stuff around her, which is crazy mm-hmm. a lot. They all have like, a lot of them have that kind of like, some kind of head effect. Um, I think yeah. magic too. So it's, I don't know, how can you have good conversation when you're concentrating all over <laughs> all that gear? Well, I, and that's the thing, right? Like that's probably, last week was probably more times that I've heard the word fascinator than in like the entire rest of my life. <laughs> and all because of X-Men. <laughs> all because, of, yeah, all because of X-Men. So, you know, good, good job, Jumbo Carnation. Good job, Russell Dodderman. <laughs> What do you think of the Cyclops costume? Because I know that's very polarizing. Uh, I am going to defer to... Uh, so over at ComicsXF, uh, Andrea Ayers and uh, Emily Harding ranked the uh, Hellfire designs. And I think Emily hit it on the nose. It's just Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I'm okay with it except for the visor. I figured when they said that Scott would dress in something like a military uniform, because that, I mean, he's you know, com- Captain Commander of Krakoa. It makes sense. But the giant visor is like, I don't know what you're going for there, Scott. I think, Dan, when we were talking about it, you said it best that this is Emma getting jumbo to get a little, you know, dig in at Scott there. It also kind of reminds me of, you know how Maverick's like faceplate thing looks like it's smushing his nose in? Mm-hmm. I, that, that sort of like half the face visor has to be doing the same thing. <laughs> I kind of like seeing that visor just because I feel like Scott has had like only three different kind of visor styles for the years. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of introducing one more. I think early on in like the 60s, he had a big chunky visor, which they for some reason use in the Dark Phoenix movie, which I never understood why. But his, that's like a giant wide visor. Um, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, an interesting it's like look. Spider-Man's eyes. You can only do so much with it. And, you know, but then you get like a Gabriel Delato cover who just draws them like pinpricks. Yeah. I mean, it's probably the first time Scott's ever like been comfortable looking out of his visor. Because like they're usually super narrow. And this one's <laughs> like a full... It's like a goddamn heads up display. It's probably like feeding him information. <laughs> Actually, that might not be a bad idea. Are you guys going to the Hellfire Gala? I know they were drawing people into it. Uh, well, I'll be fully vaccinated by then, so <laughs> I don't see why not. <laughs> it I, looks I, like I, it requires I, way too much work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch on TV with my friends and, you know, take a shot every time somebody says fascinator. <laughs> Oh, God, that would be a hell of a thing. Like if there was like, I don't know, Bravo live streaming the Hellfire Gala with Andy Cohen giving commentary alongside, I don't know, Anderson Cooper after Kathy Griffin got herself kicked out of Celebrity. I literally got in touch with a friend of mine who runs a fashion blog being like, hey, just in case you haven't seen this. She's like, oh, yeah, no, you're not the first person to send this to me. (laughs) I'm like, okay, just checking, Meg. X-Men events are crazy now, right? Like, like it used to just be like, oh, we're going to go fight the Morlocks in the sewer. And now it's like, oh, we're going to do stuff with swords. Just kidding. Not actually Doug's going to marry a large woman and, and, and like fancy dress parties. Yeah. I like that. It's yeah. We're, we're really far beyond the executioner songs era. And like now it's just like we're doing swords and now a gala and like, I, I don't know. Is this is this considered an event? I think it's an event, but it's like a I mean, month. It's twelve month. issues with a giant uh, planet size uh, special. Yeah. yeah. So. Did you guys see the uh, the images yesterday? I saw a news story that like plans for like building on Mars, like communities on Mars, like a, a Mars city. Wait, in real life or in real life? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a real life news story I saw, and it was like it had all these pictures of like. It's like they're gonna do like like this is planned for twenty one hundred or whatever, and I was like, oh well, <laughs> I gotta I gotta get vaccinated first before I can think about twenty one hundred. Still, uh, X Men are going to Mars. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, I was like, come on, like the mutants are gonna do this way before humans. So <laughs> file this away. Yeah. I've been listening to Battle of the Atom from the beginning, and I literally just was listening to the episode where Zach is talking about his fan theory about the X-Men going to Mars. That is what I was listening to right before we started here. Way back in the before times of 2019. (laughs) Simpler, innocent, disease-free times. I think there's still some disease, but... (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Before the dark times, before the empire. 
<laughs> oh man so yeah you are here celebrating your 100th uh x-men monday column no i'm here to talk about fashion that's it i'm not here <laughs> mission accomplished no uh, uh how how does it feel to be that important a part of marvel senior editor jordan white's life for almost two years like he has to think about you at least once a week he has to. i feel like i feel like you're gonna like pull him out he's gonna pop on this call and <laughs> like well we got a guest <laughs> you clearly come from (laughs) um yeah it is fun it is funny because i do talk to him once a week um or or like except for we're doing skip weeks like this week but like Mm -hmm. yeah it is weird and it's uh a hundred weeks is a long time it's been a long and like it kind of flew by because i remember like when this started it was started in uh i wrote it down because i can't remember february 2019 was x-men monday one okay so that's been a long since we're in 2021. <laughs> so I guess Mar- we'll be on Mars soon enough. It'll just fly by. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. And it's like, uh, I was uh, thinking about the first edition, like it was like three things in the title. I don't know the exact title, but it ended with Baconators. Like the ending, I think around the time, like Jordan had posted a picture on Twitter, like they went out for like Wendy's. And so I asked like a question, like, what's your favorite Wendy's menu item? And like, it's just funny that like, I was so naive in the beginning. And I thought like, yeah, we could have fun like this. But it's like, no, they just want news and spoilers and scoops. <laughs> they don't want to know what Jordan's having for lunch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's funny to see how like the columns evolve. But um, mm-hmm. I was saying recently that like, uh, it's the most fun thing for me is, you know, I don't really go back often and look at like the past ones, but like if you, when you do every now and then, or like you go back for a reason to link to something or something, you see like the very first one, number one had a picture of Sage in Krakoa and like oh. black and white. And that was like, it launched around like when age of X-Men was launching. Yeah. So like every couple of editions, there'd be like, Oh, there's a black and white picture of Charles Xavier. And that's like from powers of X number one, powers of 10. And then there's, um, like images of like Jean Grey, Emma, like from like House of X, but this is like before we knew like what House of X was. So it's like cool to go back and see that and and look at that stuff in retrospect, like, oh wow. Cause at the time, you know, people read it and they're like, there's nothing in here. This is boring. But really, <laughs> there is little like teases here and there. And um, we did another one, it was just like random questions before House of X. And I asked Jordan um, if you had the Infinity Gauntlet and could like snap any human marvel universe character into a mutant who would it be and he was like you'll see and that was myra <laughs> so like i would be very curious to go through each and every one and read from the beginning and see like what little teases are in there and what stuff like we're still waiting on but mm-hmm. uh i don't think that answered your question but it was <laughs> rambling no, no, through it, my it, it, it definitely <laughs> did and like you can still see that now because i remember like just the other week you know there there was like a, a picture that was part of that you know the exclusive kind of art stuff at the end and then end up being like oh it's the cover to x core number two or, or oh yeah you know teases yeah. for x core and way of x before we knew that those were going to be things yeah that that's that's something i'm really proud of because all that buzz around entertainment weekly and getting the exclusive i was like wait wait whoa 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 <laughs> aipt x on monday 99 had the very first costume pick. <laughs> thank you very much entertainment weekly <laughs> Um, but it's funny though, because I mean, I'm as in the dark on those as, as you guys and like everyone else, because like Jordan just kind of sends over a batch of random pictures, mm. and I'm never like, wait a minute, Jordan, what is this picture of? <laughs> like, I refuse to run this and tell you who drew this and what it's for. Like, I just accept it. And, like, it's part of the fun, and like, mm. and that's part of the fun too of like reading the comics when I get them at the shop every week. It's like I'll come across a picture from an extra Monday. I remember, I'm like, oh, there's that picture. And it's so small, like, because you see it blown up in, like, the image, but, like, it's actually just a small part of the page. So, 
it's interesting. I do wonder like how Jordan goes about picking those random pictures. Um, Cause he, you know, he's probably like, yeah, this is from X-Corp and no one knows, but I'm going to drop it in <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> The last time uh, you were on the show was uh, late February 2020. So we weren't quite stuck at home because of the global pandemic yet. Uh, Giant size X-Men, Jean Grey and Emma Frost was the the hot number one about to hit the racks. (laughs) Looking back at Wizard Magazine, like the number one issue of the month was... (laughs) Spawn number 23, yeah. (laughs) The hottest creator was Russell Donner. (laughs) Peter David. (laughs) Um, Ten of Swords was just days from being announced at C2E2. Uh, so kind of over, over, over that time, over these past, uh, 13 months, uh, you know, what, what is one way that the, the X books have evolved since then that you appreciate? Hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this before. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to ask me like what my favorite X books are. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's so many that I can't remember them all because <laughs> I read True. them all, but it, it is, it's amazing how, like, how many comics we've gotten through in like a short period of time. And like since Dawn of X, because I was thinking like, I'm always, and I've heard other people say this too, like, but it's like, I I don't want this era to end. I feel like it just started. But when you look back, like there have been a lot of comics and we've been doing this for a while now. Um, But yeah, I'm excited about how they've kind of given uh, the spotlight to a lot of characters that don't usually get the spotlight. I'm super excited for um, Mm X-Corp because I feel like, I mean, war, I'm not like a huge Warren fan, but like the fact that he doesn't get a lot of play and like that he finally does have a chance to shine um, as Teeny said in the X-Men Monday, where, like, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a, this error is, like, giving peace to characters that don't often, like, have peace. Um, so I, I, I'm excited about that. Um, I love New Mutants and Hellions. And uh, they, it's funny, because, I mean, there are so many books, like, featuring characters that, when I look back before the Dawn of X era, I, I didn't read, like, every com- X-Men comic religiously. Um, you know, I buy like, the main X-Men books, but I wouldn't read like Rogue and Gambit or Weapon X, whatever. I'd catch up on them later. Um, but I was thinking this is like the first time since I was a kid when I started where I read like anything with an X on it. <laughs> it's like, you don't question, just buy it. And it's fun because it's like I, when I was a kid, like I might not, I might have read Excalibur by whoever, like Warren Ellis. So I'm getting the danger zone because that's your, <laughs> your Pete Wisdom stuff. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid in like middle school, whatever, reading those books, I can't tell you if I remember what happened to them. I was just kind of like reading from page to page. I didn't, I was too young to even understand all that's going on, but I just read it, move on to the next one, X-Force, next one, X-Factor. And I don't think those books have like stood the test of time, like Howard Mackey, X-Factor, but I read them. But like now I read these books and it's not out of like devotion. I just read it and they're good. They're like, New Mutants, I don't have, like, a, a lot of, like, New Mutants history. I'm, like, catching up in trades. But, like, I love reading Vita's New Mutants. Vita's and, like, Vita's Hellions and, and like, uh, X-Factor. It's, like, the amount of, like, character work that's being done, too, with, like, a lot of these, like, B-listers and C-listers. Like, X-Factor, like, even the supporting characters get a lot of time. So, yeah. Yeah. it's just great. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you can really tell that everyone working on these books loves these books and they're having so much fun together in that X slack and it, it really, and like the books are all connected and you can, you know, Logan shows up in this book and then he's over in this book and it, and it never feels like, wait, that doesn't seem like Logan. Like he's completely out of character, you know, like you would feel reading uh, King and black or something <laughs> or, or non X X line book. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just, it's great. It's, it's a great time to be a fan. I'm, I just, I love it. And it's a great time to be doing X on Monday too. Certainly. I'm I'm very lucky that this thing started right before Hitman era, 
because yeah, it's a good wave to ride. <laughs> yeah, certainly. <laughs> Is, 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 is there a there significant, significant way the column has changed over the past over year, year uh, either uh, either in how it's structured or the work that you're doing behind the scenes? Yeah, <clears throat> um, I work 24 hours a day. Uh, <laughs> I've lost my, my, my family. <laughs> They've all left me. Uh, no, I don't have a family. Uh, <laughs> so it makes me perfect for the column. <laughs> um, it is like I was saying, like the Baconator stuff. Like I think I do read a lot of feedback, and even though uh, all my friends and loved ones tell me not to read, like certain message boards, <laughs> read the comments, I do find them valuable to read because you know, in between all the this sucks, this is stupid, <laughs> there is some like interesting stuff for like. Um, it's it's interesting to learn about the fans and the readers, and what they value and what they're looking for and how they read. And how they like, you know, it, how stuff registers to them. Um, I'll give an example, like we did with Jordan Bloom and, and Patton. Also, we did the Modoc Monday, which knowing X fans, like I, right away, I'm like they're gonna be so angry at this that I wasted one week for them doing Modoc Monday. But like it was, I wanted to because one, it's fun, and two, like Jordan Bloom had said, like the X Men were gonna be in it, so I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I, I did talk to Jordan before, and I, I like Jordan again, all of them. And, uh, and also the chance to get Patton Oswalt to do X-Men Monday and to talk about X-Men. Like, I'm not going to pass it up. So we did that all about X-Men, talking about X-Men, talking about the X-Men in the comic, asking Patton about X-Men. <laughs> and then the thing drops, and I read, like, some comments, and they're like, this is stupid. It has nothing to do with X-Men. <laughs> it's like I purposely made it about X-Men <laughs> just for these people. But it's, it is interesting to read that because, like, I think some people that give very negative comments, it's about, like, this isn't telling me what I want out of a column. Mm -hmm. Like if Keeney Howard <clears throat> is talking about Excalibur and the Gambit and Rogue fans want to know about Gambit and Rogue, if you don't ask enough about Gambit and Rogue, they're going to be very upset. But that doesn't mean like it's not a good interview or that we didn't cover a lot of ground. It's just like certain people are coming in just for what they want. So it's yeah. like being aware that like I have to kind of please these different audiences. They're the people that you know, uh, usually other comic journalists are the ones who want to go in the process. <laughs> it's not like the everyday fans, but I, I always, uh, I've said this before, like I want to make sure like we're treating the creators like people and not just as like uh, a vessel for spoilers or like what's going to happen to Wolverine, that's all we care about. Um, so treating them with respect and like asking good questions, I never want to put them on trial because I think that's what some fans want as well. Like if you read the questions they send me, like there's a good mix of like really good solid questions that are asking about characters and plot. Then there are others that are just like, when is this going to happen? Or like, why, why did this happen? Or like, you don't understand this character. And like, I'm never going to ask that to somebody. I'm never going to put them on trial. Um, so yeah, uh, trying to make, but trying to make like a well-rounded interview. Um, usually we do 10 to 12 questions. Um, not asking spoiler questions. Um, because that's something to start with Jordan. Like, that's just like, they're not going to reveal it. But there are certain opportunities where, like, you can give a spoiler question and see where the other person takes it, which I think <laughs> could be fun. Because sometimes you'll be like, you know, when are we going to see Maverick again? And they, they might say, well, you know, there's a three-part Maverick story coming up, so I'm going to tease that. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I've lost myself again. From, it's 100 editions, you know? I'm just so, <laughs> so hard to keep up. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I uh, just trying to make, I want to make it entertaining. I want to make it fun and I want to make it insightful and interesting and people feel like they didn't waste their time reading it. 
um, being aware that it's X-Men and there will always be people that feel like they wasted their time reading it. <laughs> it, is a, it is a weird thing to, I mean, it's, it's something I've come to grips with too. Like early on, I think I took real personal offense to like angry comments because I'm not someone who, you know, I've been reading comics forever, but I'm not someone who spent a lot of time on message boards or like in like Twitter communities. I'm someone who would like read stuff like just to check in. And mm -hmm. I guess that's called a lurker in message board talk. Cause uh, I remember I used to like, uh, get Weezer B-sides and demos and bootlegs from like the Weezer boards. Mm -hmm. And whenever there'd be like a leak or something, I'd be like, can I get that? And they're like, well, these lur lurkers coming from. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to discuss the song with you. I just want the song. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, so I wasn't used to that stuff. So like early on when like, I'm just having fun. Like I remember early on I posted, and maybe we talked about this on the last show, but like I posted like a poll one afternoon because I was bored and that was fun. But I was like, do you think the X-Men Monday Jean Grey will get more views than the X-Men Monday Emma Frost? And like I had a poll and within uh -huh. seconds, like, the Emma fans pounced on it. And one of them like looped in uh, Jordan and was like, crack shot. This is very unprofessional. And me being young and naive, <laughs> 2018, whatever, I was like, I'm going to lose my job on this column, <laughs> which looking back, like, no, <laughs> like that's stupid. But like I immediately deleted and stuff. But like now I realize that is meaningless. It's Twitter. It's dumb. It's all jokes, and if you don't get the jokes, I'm sorry. You're, you're drumming up engagement, though, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I want from know, all those I'm rage clicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the power of rage. Um, <laughs> do you do you ever feel like you're you 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 have a a headache because your head is stuffed with secrets between columns? Uh. uh no, I think I get ex I get excited because I okay. well I don't like I don't think there's that much stuff dropping. I mean like when the Hickman ones drop, Hickman mm -hmm. can't help himself. <laughs> He'll always like drop a couple things, but, but it's like oh I can't wait for people to read this. Um, mm -hmm. I sometimes I'll tease like on Twitter like between when I get the answers or when I do an interview and like when it goes live. But even that I feel like I'm abusing the power of that privilege, or <laughs> it's like you don't want to like be leading people on. Because that has also been a problem for me in the past where um, there, there was one where, so like the X fans get very excited about the, those, those fan favorite characters like Surge and Wind Dancer and stuff. And, uh -huh. Dust. and so like, <laughs> I remember, X kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they, that's the proper name for them. And um, Maggot. And Maggot. <laughs> and Maggot. <laughs> so like, I thought a fun tease, like, because they're always asking about these characters. So I try to, and that also helps with like checking in on the boards and stuff. Cause you do see like, if a lot of people ask about stuff, I want to ask about it. Um, mm -hmm. So like I did ask that I asked Jordan, like, I don't remember the question, but I was like, here are like six characters and tell me something about like, if you can tell me anything about any one of them. Mm -hmm. And I think frenzy was one of them. And he was like, mm -hmm. I just got a pitch for frenzy. And it's like, obviously that's sword, you know? Yeah. So again, mm -hmm. another, yeah. But um, so I, I had uh, Dave Brooke, who uh, is one of the co-owners of AAPT, and he does all the uh, X-Men Monday feature images for me. Mm -hmm. I asked him, I said, can you put to here like six pictures of these characters? Can you just give me like uh, a collage of them? And I'm going to tweet it. So I tweeted it like on a Sunday. And I was like, tomorrow at X-Men Monday, and just left that picture. Because <laughs> I know that will send people into a frenzy. No pun intended. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I posted that and like within seconds, like, 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 and they're like, oh my God, Academy. <laughs> oh my God. And all I did was say like tomorrow, next one Monday. And right away it's like, 
new team book? Like, what team? Who could be writing this? And I was like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and, and like the next day, it was like I read the comments, and it was like more teasing, like ridiculous, like none of this was. And it's like, but he said stuff in it, like one of them has a pitch, and and when you look back at that, you're like, oh, Wind Dancer was an X Factor months later. Uh, Frenzies and Sword, which to me it's like just wait and <laughs> all these characters will show up at some point. Mm -hmm. But I found that like the I enjoy doing that stuff, the teases, and I I have fun with that. But it's also scary because you know when you do that, like I'm they are gonna go wild in a random direction that I have no control <laughs> over, <laughs> and, and and it's just gonna blow up and, and someone's gonna get hurt. But like I've already like thought about teasing X Men Monday One Hundred, and like I have an idea for a thing, and like. I just know, like, having a person in that teaser, they're going to go wild with it. Like, I'll just give you mm -hmm. a hint. Like, uh, Jordan Bloom is doing something for X-Men Monday 100. Okay. Jordan Bloom, there's no secret there. There's no, like, Jordan Bloom <laughs> is not writing a new Gambit series or something. It's just he's <laughs> part of X-Men Monday 100. But, like, having him there and based on, like, what previous teases have been like, they go wild. And they're like, why is this person here? What are they writing? What is happening? And it's like, no, just calm down. Wait. <laughs> that's um I, at, a, at Terrificon I I used to do like um back when we had conventions yes <laughs> back when that was the thing I would do an X-Men Monday like at a con I was at and like I just talked to a bunch of random because most most comic creators have written or been involved with X-Men somehow so it's like you just walk down the alley and you've got enough people to talk to but um Tom King and Clay Mann had a table and I was mm -hmm. like at the time like oh these guys are pretty hot. I'll talk to them for X and Monday and like up those views. <laughs> so I don't think they retweeted it, but so thanks guys. <laughs> but uh, I, I talked to them and uh, I remember like the, the teaser, it's like tomorrow, like Tom King and like people are like, is Tom King writing something? Why is he there? It's like, no, I'm just at a con. <laughs> I was talking to people. 12 issue <laughs> prestige maggot maxi series. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the one that, that that con was wild because Frank Thierry was there too, and he was screaming like, "I killed that fucker!" That's <laughs> like wow. Tom King writes the Forge miniseries, and it's all about Forge's PTSD. <laughs> but, so that that's uh, the review you're oh, starting. <laughs> see, if you had told me that like three years ago, I would have been about it. About it. I don't want that now. I want twelve <laughs> issues of Forge by himself in the, go in the goddamn lab under Krakoa doing hot squats. <laughs> <laughs> and giving shit to Spanx McCoy. <laughs> and that, uh, that striped polo shirt look. <laughs> yes. Just that, that actually, think, thinking back to that con, that was like one of my last cons and also like one of the most exhausting, like mentally taxing cons because Chris Claremont was there too and just had no patience for me. Uh, and uh, Claremont has no patience for yeah, anyway. Clay Mann had like attitude about X Men. He was like, I forget what he said, but like I was like, can you answer some questions about X Men? Because he did like Age of X or whatever. Like he drew that. Oh, okay. And he he was like, uh, he was like, can I talk about how they didn't pay me well? <laughs> I was like, ooh. ooh. Oh. <laughs> didn't he also do the Gambit series with James Asmus? Or am I thinking think so, of something yeah. else? I think so because I remember asking him. I think this is in the column, but I was like. Uh, you know, how did you design the costumes? And he's like, I just ripped off my favorite stuff. He's like, Gambit Snake Eyes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and this is all in the columns. So I'm not like talking out of school, but like, uh, he was like, X-Men, all that flowers and shit. And uh, 
<laughs> the crack goes up, and then Tom King was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You're selling a print of like the Flash in a field of flowers from Heroes of Heroes of Crisis or whatever." And I looked at this giant flower uh, print he did, but uh, yeah, they were interesting guys. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not gonna lie, you're giving me like some great ideas to fuck with people too. <laughs> I think I'm it just gonna fun. do like a teaser like next week on, on WMQ and A number one fifty. Four, three, one of those, and I'll just do like six random characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good for. I mean, well, I don't know if it's good for anybody because it's. <laughs> it it is never fun dealing with the fallout. Like ugh, all these all these notifications I'm getting, but I mean that's like talking about the Weezer stuff. Like my mm -hmm. Weezer background, like uh, that's what Rivers Cuomo was like when I was like growing up and like growing up. I mean, that wasn't that long ago, but like Maladroit and all mm -hmm. that era, like he would always be messing with the fans online and like i grew up loving that stuff and i love teasers in like general um i think there are a lot of people though that hate teasers but like when you have that power to tease i will abuse that power. <laughs> especially when the fan base is extremely gullible and excited about everything <laughs> but i'm helping them i'm helping them realize that it's 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 good to wait patience is good it's important work <laughs> Um, so yeah, you've done a lot of interviews. Uh, what, what member of the X office has surprised you in terms of who you thought they might be versus, you know, how, how they were when you interviewed them. Hmm. Um, and I, and I don't necessarily mean that positively or negatively, just, you know, no, it's all going to go negative. They're all jerks. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think, uh, well, an interesting one is the uh, recent one was Cy Spurrier that I didn't, you know, because uh, it was like, <laughs> he sent back like 5,000 words of like interview, which is like always exciting. It like takes me <laughs> half a day to like read through it. But like, that's exciting because they're the people like, um, the way I do the, the interviews, you know, like it started out with, you know, I would send very structured, like I'd send questions to Jordan, he'd turn them around, then, um, during Ten of Swords, Jordan and I would do a weekly phone call where we do like a recap of like the week, which mm -hmm. was really fun. And, uh, you know, you guys are interviewers, so you know, like how quickly it's so different, like uh, uh, sending by email, you get back a thousand, a thousand five hundred words doing a, a call within a half hour every week, you get like up to like 5000 words. And then you're like, Oh, my God, like, what am I doing? It's <laughs> like the transcribing <laughs> and all that is such hell. Um, but but it's great because like you can go off in tangents. It's very different than you know in email interviews. But um, the majority of them are by email, and you know Jordan is kind of like the go between. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a you know it's a it's always a, a letdown when like someone writes back very short answers because you know fans are going to be like, well, that was a waste of my time. Like I didn't get enough. Um, I know that like, but I, you kind of know like which people are like they're short with answers and like mm -hmm. that's just their style it's just their interview style like zeb wells is like that like he's he's pretty to the point um other people can ramble on like, <laughs> like Sasperger, which, and he admitted like he's like making jokes to himself and like just going off on tangents but like i love that stuff like it's just interesting when the longer the better um but uh no i, I like them all like um and they're all different in different ways and it's 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 just like the thing that i enjoy the most is like just that the breadth of people we've been able to get in. Cause like when it started out it was just Jordan and I'm I think that around like when we were in the teens, Jordan was kind of like, we may need to bring some other people in just cause of his schedule. 
And then, like, from there, we kind of started bringing in, like, people for, like, theme weeks or, like, or theme, like, oh, this guy's got a new book coming out. We'll talk to him. And then it's it's pretty much now the norm where, um, you know, we've had, like, uh, Darcy Little Badger, like, to promote that Marvel Voices book. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever, yeah, the, I, uh, so it's, it's a little bit of, like, a mix of, like, Marvel will be, like, hey, can we talk to this person? Or most of the time, though, now it's, like, kind of, I come up with a schedule and I pitch it to Jordan and Jordan agrees to most of it most of the time um i don't think we've ever had one i think the only one we he rejected was uh x-men and and other media which was like we would talk about like jordan's opinions on like movies cartoons video games Mm. and he was like we can try but like i don't play video games i haven't seen all the cartoons and i only know the movies like well then we probably shouldn't do this (laughs) yeah (laughs) it won't be very interesting so (laughs) um but yeah uh no it's great and i'm really excited for no, I've been playing 100 so much, I haven't really thought beyond 100. It could be a good end with 100 for all we know. <laughs> it's a finite run. But uh, I'm excited. I really, really want to talk to the Simonsons. I think you've talked to them before, right? Uh, we, yeah, we hosted a panel at a, at a Comic-Con in Camden. And uh, yeah. so it was, it was them, Jerry Conway, and Laurie Hama. So, yeah, I wasn't nervous or starstruck no. at all. <laughs> no. That... Still features, I think, one of the greatest creator stories I have ever heard about. Oh God, now I'm forgetting. But it was a, a letter column and a lesson about not saying, ter- you know, make poking fun at people in your letter column because they could turn out to be insane. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember the celebrity involved. That's the thing. I remember the rest of the story. It just has to do with a yeah. Ooh. Go back and listen to that episode, folks. It's a good episode. The funny thing about that is, like, we barely had to talk. Like, we had a couple pages of notes to prepare questions. I remember asking Jerry Conway about being one of the original Marvel letter hacks, and I think that they just went off from there. (laughs) We did not ask more than five questions in that hour. No. And they just... they, They ate up the entire time, which we will take every time over us, you know, like... Eh? Yeah, like you talked about, get like you know people uh, given like short answers. You know, we've we've had a few of those where it's like, you know, Matt and I have like three pages of notes typed up. Thirty-five minutes have gone by. We've gone through all of it. <laughs> yeah, and they're lovely people. We're not yeah. saying nope. Anything bad about them? It's just some people, as you said, have a different style, and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, the the older creators, like you know, like the the veterans, like. I've talked to like Bob Layton at cons and like that guy just goes on and on. I talked to Jim shooter. So like, you know, these are not folks who like, like to do email interviews. They're probably going to want to sit on the phone and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would, I, I hope with like X-Men legends coming up their arc, like I can talk to them. Um, I'll see if I can get them on the, but again, I'm not going to be like, here are some questions, Jordan. <laughs> Let's see what the Simonsons say. I'd rather like talk on the phone to them. I'm and, sure they, they, and they would probably rather too. talk to you on the phone. Yeah, they're wonderful yeah. people. Oh, uh, lovely, <laughs> and I and I'm wonderful too, Dan. Right? Ab- they would like me just as much. <laughs> Absolutely, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, is, I, is, I, you know what though? Is there is there like an ex creative? Because you have talked, you know, you've you've you're talking to people working the books currently. You've talked to people like Fabian Nicesa who are like you know ex legends. You know, is there anybody that you? could talk to that you know you'd be start more starstruck and nervous than you know this is um, this is another interview 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I've talked to Claremont twice, but never like for X-Men Monday. I, it came close to one. Um, I think it was bef- like around the time of that book he was promoting, the, the big one <laughs> that I bought. <laughs> That's delayed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that I bought just to read the Days of Future Past prequel, which I probably oh, okay, like. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the giant ten thousand dollar book. <laughs> um, he was promoting that in like the final stretch, and then that special he did that came out. Um, so I talked to uh, Marvel about like, could I interview Claremont? And like, it came very close, and I was kind of like on call waiting for him, and then like it never happened. And I think this might have been around where he broke his hand. So I can't oh, get too wow. mad, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but I but I will be mad forever. But <laughs> listen, no, you only but, need one uh, hand to pick up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> when I call, you pick up Chris Claremont. Um, but no, I've, I've only talked to him twice at the cons, and it's in each time it's been like uh, he really did not want to talk to me. <laughs> so like they were very rushed interviews. So like I thought like with the all the power of X Fun Monday and like having that that time, I could. <laughs> maybe finally get like an actual Chris Claremont interview, but it hasn't happened. But I think he's coming back to Legends, so uh, I'll try again. But uh, I would like like to just put on my resume like a proper Chris Claremont interview where he's not mad at me asking him questions. <laughs> and uh, I've I've said before to a lot of times, and this is becoming a Weezer episode, but like I always wanted to talk to Rivers Cuomo for X Men Monday just because oh, you know you were yeah. in, the, in the garage and Kitty yeah. and Nightcrawler. Um, and I wrote an article for APT laying out all the connections between Weezer and X-Men, which was kind of funny, but also very serious journalism. <laughs> so I'd like to, and that one too, like with his latest album came out, um, I emailed somebody, tried to get it going, mm-hmm. and they were like, that sounds like a great fit, because I want to talk about like, X-Men and comics in general with Rivers, and mm-hmm. it just never, no one ever connected me to Rivers. Nah. So that was upsetting. Um, but yeah, Simonsons, I'd love to talk to. Uh, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I think, yeah, like X-Men is interesting that like a lot of the people who, you know, we grew up reading kind of came back and are still like in play, like Fabian mm-hmm. and um, me. I've, I've thought about like talking to Siegel and, and Kelly about that run. Cause you know, that was an yeah. interesting run. They don't do too much press about that. Um, sure. And Chuck Austin maybe would be interesting, but <laughs> you know, no rush. I, I, it's like, I think, like a bucket list. Yeah, no. I, I, in fact, I think he's made clear that like he doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I, mean, I don't either. <laughs> and, and I mean, he's rolling in that Steven Universe and Shira money. He don't need to talk about yeah. X Men. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't need I mean, somebody the- Chris Farling out. Remember, remember that time you may have worn fuck a teenager <laughs> over a mom. That's awesome. <laughs> The big, I mean, I think the, the well, I mean, it's not sad because not a great person, but like the Scott Lobdell is like someone who's so like essential to so many X-Men comics that like we grew up reading. Yeah. And, but kind of uh, not a great person to <laughs> give a spotlight to. So. Yeah, that, that's maybe. crazy. So I was thinking about this, right? So like putting this to the side, you go around like circa 1994, 95, you've got, you've got Scott Lobdell, professional comic book writer, Scott Lobdell writing on Canny. <laughs> and and x-men uh being kind of a kind of a shit then you've got noted sex creep warren ellis writing excalibur creating my son um whom i had to take from him uh he's got a good home now teeny and 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 marcus are taking very good care of him he's on a farm he gets to run around with other mutants he has a lollipop anyway and then you've got 
noted racist Jeff Loeb running uh, Cable and X-Force. So, you know. And shortly before that, uh, noted Romanophobe Peter David oh, on yeah. X-Factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let's not uh, talk about the X-Men movies directed yeah. by Brian Sager. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. like, why, why are you ruining everything? So, so yeah, this is, this is why we all put Fabian on the, uh, on the pedestal. <laughs> No, yeah. no scandals. Everyone seems to like him. Curmudgeonly <laughs> uh, um, enough to be endearing. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. No one else really beyond that. Which mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's, I mean, like yeah. I mean, I've talked to so many folks too, like cons and those like convention editions next Monday. Like um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who I've talked to, but like yeah, I <laughs> I talked to Claremont Alan Davis at that, that same con, and Alan Davis was like so swamped with fans around him. And I asked him a question. And I was like, I've got one shot at a question. What do I ask him? I'm like, Excalibur's coming back. Like, why do you think there is? And there's so much love for Excalibur by like modern creators. It's like, why do you think that is? And he was like, good stories. <laughs> like, cool. And I asked Claremont the same time. thing. Yeah, I asked Claremont the same question, which was tinged with uh, a little bit of anger and resentment. And it was like, uh, why do you think, you know, they're bringing back Excalibur? And he's like, because it's good. I'm like, all right, thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you for your time, sir. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So, yeah, let's get into We did get a couple of Twitter questions. Uh, did we? Yes, we did. Okay. So. Why are you unprofessional towards Evan Frost? <laughs> no. There are no Fire this man, Jordan. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Uh, Asimov, Asimov Fangirl, a.k.a. the Loyalist Content Consumer, asks, uh, when Doug Ramsey learns a new language, does he keep that knowledge or does he have to be close to someone or something related to the language to remember? Okay. People and do and, know and I do given not you work, didn't create him, do, not write do not him work right now, <laughs> you know, say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, so does he... Could he, he learns... Who, I don't really know X-Men. What is, who is this character? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doug Ramsey, Cypher. Uh, he has a robot friend, and he yeah. also has an island friend now. Uh, he, you know, and a large wife, <laughs> and a large wife. Yes, we love her. Uh, <laughs> when he, when he, he's, he's the language guy, right? So when he <laughs> learns a new language, like, does he forget it after a time? You know, does he need to be within the? Uh, you know, let let's say he's he's learned. You know what? I'm not going to pick an example. You yeah. know, French. All right, let's say French, right? French. Okay. Sean leaves the team for a while, so he's not around a native French speaker. Does mm-hmm. he forget or does he retain French? So is that is that how his power works with, like, when he's, uh, his language powers, he, he picks it up off the person? Like pheromones or something? <laughs> is that how it's been... I think it's been vague. I'm trying to remember any time we've seen Doug absorb a language. It's not Starfire. He doesn't have to kiss you. So <laughs> I think like I think it's an automatic thing. It's like uh, a Wi-Fi signal. Like so if you're if Doug is around mm-hmm. or if he needs to access that information or whatever. Like if so if you if he meets some Martians, the Martian Manhunter. Hot off the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Spoilers. So if he's around some Martians. Creeping on Lois for no reason. <laughs> I forgot about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, he's around three Martians and they just start speaking. I think it's like an automatic thing. Like he connects with the signal like Wi-Fi and he, he can just start speaking. So I don't know if he, maybe when he walks away, he thinks about it for a while and he's like, oh, that Martian. And he, maybe he's analyzing in his free time. But I don't think when you're in the X-Men, you have time, free time to think about things. You're just always acting and jumping from one thing to another. So Doug, my, this is actually a story that the three of us could write. We can pitch this to Jordan next time he emails me. <laughs> <laughs> that what happens in Doug's downtime, <laughs> and he's just like, "Wow, let me write down some notes because I know a lot of new languages." Sure, we've got backup space in an annual. <laughs> he's like, "Hickman's that sick. We need you guys. <laughs> Forget those vault kids." And also Ben Percy, Zeb Wells, Chip Zdarsky, Cy Spurrier, <laughs> Al Ewing. Teeny Lee all out they all fell in a hole. <laughs> uh man. Um good great question though, Asimov and girl. Now, uh second second question on the other side of the coin. Uh presented in four three to preserve my creative vision asks, why am I your favorite question asker? That's Zach, right? I yeah. think I saw that. Yeah, it's Uh, am I? Wait, is he? That's the question? Uh, Yes. Why why is Zach your favorite question asker? Um, well, he asked me why Hickman was such a wife guy or something, and I asked that to Hickman, and Hickman, like, swerved away from that answering that. (laughs) (laughs) Teeny answered it, so. I don't know. I don't think Zach is my favorite, because he's not getting me those good answers, if he can't get it from Hickman. I think, I think Zach, to, to bring it back to, to, uh, Snyder cut. He needs to. He needs to get me three thousand worlds or whatever before he, he can regain his, his trust. <laughs> I need him to get me three thousand questions for him. Oh God, I went off. I went, okay, I'm not. I haven't finished the Snyder cut yet. I also never saw the <laughs> what original doing Justice League. I'm like partway through it, and right now I'm just. I'm just upset that Steppenwolf is just this sort of like blandish metal looking thing kind of looks like ex nihilo from the hickman avengers run instead of you know being a bright colorful kirby hat character with a weird hat and a giant fur coat yeah i don't know how they got the character in the comics to, to this one to, to two versions both of them don't look anything like him, and they're very different but yeah. i like i see i like steppenwolf in the snyder cut because i hated steppenwolf in the whedon cut okay and, i mean that was a terrible movie that was just a bad bad the, it's amazing to see how bad Joss Whedon made that movie when you see the Snyder Cut, like the directions <laughs> he took it. But I, I don't think the Snyder Cut's a good movie, but it's better than... <laughs> I mean, they should do introduce all movies this way, like put out a really bad version, and then three years later put out a good version, and then you'll always look back on that, like, yeah, I guess that was better. <laughs> but Steppenwolf, I think, was great, because I spent like a year after I saw that Justice League movie going, why Steppenwolf? Why was he the <laughs> villain? What a bad villain. Why was... Dark Side in it. Why didn't they tease Dark Side? Why didn't we see Dark Side anywhere? And then this delivered all those things I spent a year complaining about. So I have to give the movie props. But I do like that Steppenwolf. I felt bad for him. So that's the way to win me over. <laughs> Make me feel bad for you. It, it I love the more, Dark Side. <laughs> it gives me more faith in the Ava DuVernay uh, Tom King New Gods movie if it ever gets made because every time yeah, they actually that. step away from like the Snyder core of the DCEU things tend to get better. Um, 
I will say, I mean, I, I, I watched that. I started the movie at 9 p.m. the day it came out, and I finished her on after, sometime after one. So I felt like it was an experience that I'll never forget. <laughs> and it's like, it, well, I didn't go to sleep that night. I, I was up all night watching Slider Cut, so I'll always remember. It gave me an experience. So. Yeah, there, there you go. You've, you've yeah. got the story now. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, when we were, were arranging this 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 little chat, uh, I, I promised we were going to subject you to some X trivia, and, and now subject you to some X trivia. Uh, we shall. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? We want to alternate asking uh, questions here. Yeah, sure. Oh, Just remember, right. I don't know anything about the X Men. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I right. do know a lot about Steppenwolf. <laughs> okay. Let's start. Question, question the first. Uh, the aliens known as the Brood were an homage to what race of aliens from the Alien franchise? Fucking a name, the name of the species? Yes. Oh, man. Um, well, I'm just going to say they are the aliens from Aliens. Um, <laughs> No, Xenomorphs, right? Is that what they're there called? There you go. All Yay. right, correct. Harder One on thought. the board. Hot out the this gate. Is, this is good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Question the second. According to this 2003 song used in the 2016 movie Deadpool, who gone give it to you? Oh. Um, is, it, is it DMX? Wait. Uh, is X, X, yes, there X, you X, go. Yes, there you oh. go. But isn't it, X. Is it DMX? X, it, well, no, it's X. You, it, you said it. X. X, 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 X going to give it to you. <laughs> Are you certain it? <laughs> and, okay. All so right. I'm winning, right? You're, you're, you're <laughs> yes. winning, man. You're, 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 Let's you're, just end the show now. <laughs> X Monday 100 coming at you. No, no. You, 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 there, there are still trials ahead, my friend. Uh, okay, question three. In a 1995 comic by noted sex creep Warren Ellis, Peter Winston Wisdom says, the truth is out there and it's got great bloody teeth. What then popular TV show's tagline is he paraphrasing? Uh, the X-Files. Correct. I'm seeing right. a theme here. We are, we are three for well, three. And I'm very glad X you're seeing that three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, question four. Fans often ask when the X-Men will appear in the MCU. Vin Diesel played Groot in four MCU movies and for a time was going to play Black Bolt in an Inhumans movie, but he also played the hero in two movies in the Triple X franchise. What is the name of that hero from that franchise? Hmm. Uh, I don't know, Xavier? <laughs> uh, no, the answer we were looking for is Xander Cage. Yeah, I, knew was, I knew it was a Z name. It had to be triple X. Oh, it's an X name. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, fans of... <laughs> Where is this question going? Okay, question five. X-Men comics shared storytelling DNA with professional wrestling. This member of WWE's uh, The New Day tag team shares a first name with the X-Men's founder. Um, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> Charlie. Friend of the show, Charlie Davis, cannot help you. <laughs> <laughs> Which not, is exactly who I thought you were referencing. I'm not a friend. 
Hold on a second. <laughs> Do I have that picture? Photoshop? Uh, the Charles. Char no, there wouldn't be a wrestler named Charles. That's too formal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Charlie face smash. I don't know. All right, the, answer <laughs> the answer we were looking for is Xavier Woods. Oh, oh, okay. I didn't think so. He already answered Xavier, so I couldn't answer again. Everything can't be Xavier. Well, can keep it? that in mind. Uh, <laughs> with uh, question six, Charles Xavier went bald at a young age, reportedly due to the strength of his telepathy, despite the fact that other sides like Jean Grey and Cable, who famously struggles to control a techno-organic virus, have kept their glorious manes. This famous Xavier created a line of wildly popular bald babies in the early 80s. Um... Am I naming the toy line or the person? No, you're person. naming the name of the guy who created the toy line. You've why, would the first... know... why would I know that? <laughs> That's why it's uh... trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier Cabbage Patch Kids? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Xavier the... Roberts is, is uh, the gentleman's name. Are these the Garbage Pail Kids? What, what babies the Cabbage are Patch Kids. That you oh, are correct. <laughs> I want to change it to Garbage Pail Kids. <laughs> I don't know who created the Garbage Pail Kids. I didn't look that up. <laughs> we need was... Rob for that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. Question seven. Bolivar Trask is a villain who created giant robots to destroy mutants. This billionaire built robot gargoyles to defeat Goliath and his clan on Disney's Gargoyles. Oh, uh, uh, David Xanatos or whatever. <laughs> yes, nice! you are correct. Riker. Yes. <laughs> One of the many next gen alums to appear on Gargoyles. <laughs> uh, that, that was a math oh, question. <laughs> yes. Any chance I get to talk about Gargoyles? Uh, question eight. One of the Hellions, Tarot, uses a deck of tarot cards to see the future and summon forth psychic constructs. This DC mystical character, whose lifespan dates back to the times of King Arthur, uses her own tarot card readings to see the future and help the Justice League dark. Um, uh, Zatanna? Or seems like that's not the answer. Xavier Zatanna. No, we are looking for Madame Xanadu. Oh, no, I wouldn't have known that. Okay, I was. Uh... <laughs> I, I was going to say Etrigan. <laughs> yeah, she and Etrigan okay. go back to those King. Okay. Ar she's another one of those King Arthur -y characters. Had a short-lived series by Matt Wagner. Really good stuff. Um, but either way, Etrigan doesn't have an X in it. <laughs> yes. Question nine. The X-Men hit the peak of popularity in the 1990s with a cartoon, an expanded line of comics, video games, and by decades, and a movie entering production. This warrior princess also peaked in popularity in the mid-1990s. Xena. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't feel happy to give me that like yeah <laughs> of course okay. so all these x themes yeah, yeah. we're in the home I... stretch <laughs> uh so the x-men are often seen playing baseball but occasionally relax with best basketball and on one notable occasion football this alternative to the nfl which has failed not once, but twice, was recently purchased by Dwayne The Rock Johnson and is scheduled to debut again in 2022. The XFL. Right, right, right. 
You are correct, sir. All right. Okay. How and long then, do you guys spend coming up with these questions? <laughs> look, okay. So I came up with this idea just off the top of my head Saturday morning, and I, I immediately like messaged Matt. I'm like, hey, do you want to do this? Oh, and by the way, I've already written like eight questions. <laughs> and then I come in with you know, gargoyles and obscure DC knowledge because that's my brand. <laughs> All right, let's do okay. it. Let's bring final, it home. Final question uh, for making an even 11. One of Marvel's upcoming series, X-Corp, deals with the corporate side of mutant pharmaceuticals. In 1906, Hungarian pharmacist Max Kiss invented this pill that helps you poop. <laughs> Um, is it X-Lax? Yes, yes it is. X-Lax? <laughs> Laxative? <laughs> Which one is it? Which is the thing? It's X-Lax. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is that a name for laxative? Yep. I mean, it's the brand name. I've, I mean, I've never really done a lot of research into this. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it next <laughs> Monday on this. <laughs> know your pharmaceuticals. Wow. I, I had to research it. I had to... <laughs> Who invented X-Lax? <laughs> uh, had to. Um, anyway, so congratulations. You got <laughs> out of a lunch correct. What do, what do I win? What, am I, what was I playing for? You didn't tell me that. You win bragging rights, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no prize. Uh, I don't think we can officially offer a no prize. Uh, the ghost of Stanley will sue us, uh, according to that uh, Abraham Reisman book. Just kidding. I haven't true. read that yet, but it is on my Amazon list. He almost uh, ran me over with his wheelchair car scooter thingy at Boston Comic Con. I was like walking around a corner and he's like mm, scooting by me, um, being escorted by his uh, weirdo bodyguard who turned out to be a creep or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Like anyone who like I'd see him, I saw him like at multiple cons years in a row, and there's always a big like enforcer type guy next to him at all times, and they mm -hmm. seem to hate each other. And uh, it was very not fun watching them at all times, but I saw them multiple times. And this one time he came scooting by me. So I almost get hit by uh, by Stanley. That, that, that's a good con story. Uh, also segues perfectly. So fictional scenario, the pandemic <laughs> is over. It's safe to go to cons again. You attend mm -hmm. uh, just as a civilian, not as a guy who's trying to get a bunch of X-Men interviews in. Mm -hmm. What do you do first? Uh, that's a great question because I am so used to going to these cons in a panic and like, <laughs> like my first thing is like, I need to talk to Claremont or like this most popular person. I need to get there before anyone else gets there. So yeah, having that stress off me, I would probably go, uh, look at maybe if I wanted a commission or something, or I wanted to buy something like really special, like I'd go there first. Mm -hmm. um, or I would go look through, uh, you know, I, I don't know, toys, comics, whatever crap I always leave there with <laughs> that I don't need. That's like the, that's the whole thing about cons. It's like, first I work, then I buy crap I don't need. And then I'm like carrying all this shit. Around. <laughs> I wrote there's the one con I left where like I, I bought the 10 inch Jean Grey and Cyclops figures. And I was like, I don't need these things. I've lived my entire life. <laughs> I need these things, but I'm buying them now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I Later, guess I'm gonna it. mash them together and make them do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, Emma. <laughs> um, you know that's that's an interesting question though, and I don't know if you guys ever think about this. I'm gonna flip the tables on you, but do you ever think do you ever think about a life where you're not comic journalists and you're just people? 
I mean, that's basically what we did, you know, before. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, honestly, when we were going, like, when I'm not at, like, New York Comic Con, for example, you know, if, if, if me and Matt and our buddy Rob are just at a show in Jersey, you know, we're not necessarily, uh, you know, hag- I mean, we have, but, uh, you know, not necessarily angling for interviews, you know what I mean? And, and yet I think we still usually hit Artist Alley first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because my sketchbook is gathering dust, and it it needs some new entries. That that would be my first stop. Is I would be getting somebody to add something to my sketchbook. Cool, that's nice. Yeah, I. It's weird, yeah, because I, I feel like it's always first like serving the column or serving the interview, and it's never like time just to talk for fun or so. It's like it's kind of like melded together. It's fun and work. Yeah. But uh, I thought the other day. Um, that like being a comics journalist is like being Spider-Man because it's like a side gig where you're not making any money off it. You're just like, you don't make, you don't get paid. That's your daily Google job. Um, you are, uh, stressed by it. It's like your side gig where your personal life suffers because it's, uh, <laughs> it's dominated your free time. And then the third thing is, uh, you get attacked by random people like Spider-Man. <laughs> For doing what you think is good. Um, so yeah, I often think about that like, oh yeah, like the, when the day comes when I retire from X-Men Monday, when it's all over and I can rest, mm-hmm. would I be bored? Would I suddenly got up, I got to put the, the suit back on and get back out there and like talk to someone. <laughs> Fabian, I got to talk to you about something. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting field that we've found ourselves in. Uh, so, so what you're saying is is the CBR message boards of the J. Jonah Jameson of uh, comic book journalists. He's a menace. He's a menace. <laughs> Get me pictures of Wolverine. <laughs> it's interesting, but it's fun, listeners. It's fun. We love what we do. Absolutely. We don't cry on sleep. <laughs> uh i mean it's a sickness but also we love it <laughs> yeah yeah we, we are more like carnage than spider-man <laughs> oh man uh so we have we we've we've dropped their name a few times this episode but uh you know either either way you know you you do have a rich full life outside of this column that you write once a week i assume um so here's something completely uh off topic what do you think about Weezer finding a second act as a cover band? <laughs> I don't like the cover songs. I, oh. I was, you, do you like them? Uh, the cover songs? You like I mean, Africa? I, I mean, I do. I mean, I like, I celebrate Africa by Toto just, you know, in general. So when we, you know, <laughs> I, uh, I have the covers album and I was listening the other day actually when driving and uh, I skip a lot of it. It's like he's like does like Billy Jean and like no scrubs. Like I don't really listen to a lot of it, but uh, I think uh, Take on Me is very good by Weezer. Mm-hmm. The problem with that album is they all sound exactly like the original songs. They did nothing yeah. to them, which is kind of like really. Like I remember when I first like it dropped at like midnight and I like woke up from a slumber and mm-hmm. saw this and hit and I was like I gotta listen to a few of these and it's like okay this sounds like that that sounds like Billy Jean. That's, mm-hmm. I was like all right I'm gonna go back to sleep all this is on the weekend, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you, what do you guys like from a cover song? Do you like it to have like a little bit of a twist or like make it unique? Because that's you already have the the song, you know. You know, you honestly, that? it depends. Like, I think the thing I liked about Weezer's version of Africa was how surprisingly faithful it was. I don't know that I'm here for like a Weezer faithful 
redoing of Billy Jean, especially when Chris Cornell did that like haunting solo version. Uh, God, however long that was ago. Um, you know, but also like I went to, I went to high school during the ska age. And so I also remember just having all those like weird ska, random ska covers of like 80 songs. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember real big fish's version of take on me. I don't, but I know ska okay. and I don't like ska. <laughs> I tend to avoid ska. <laughs> But listen, that's fair. It, 1997 was a hell of a drug. We we used to wear pants that were like, <laughs> my arms are out here. That's you, that, you yeah. Your we didn't we didn't know better. <laughs> um, but Matt's no, sitting we up were, there thinking about covers. Yeah, I was waiting for to talk about that. <laughs> well, no, it's interesting because I think the the best covers are for the songs that you don't realize they're covers and doing well-known songs i mean it's great but then you're a cover band nobody's gonna call hendrix's all along the watchtower a cover despite it being Mm -hmm. a cover because it's no offense to him vastly superior to the bob dylan original and there's other i mean and so i guess it, it yeah i'm not it not just kind of thinking about it. I'm just thinking about the idea of, you know, yeah, yeah, about what makes a great cover because it's enjoyable to hear a really faithful cover, but there is something about that really unique cover. And then there are those songs that are so covered and done so differently by so many different artists that they take on this life of their own uh leonard cohen's hallelujah being Mm -hmm. a a big example of that that no two versions of that are alike yeah thanks for bringing it back to Zack snyder yeah yeah there we go he's just part of our culture (laughs) wow both of those songs are in watchmen i just realized that and wow yeah I'm smarter than I think I am. <laughs> I think cover culture is because uh, it is it is a thing like where it's like all the people at the concert, any band, like the, they hear a song they all know and love, love and they get really excited about it. But I don't. <laughs> I don't. I would rather hear like a deep cut from that band that I'm paying to go see. And that's what I think my issue with Weezer is: is that they have like four billion songs and they mm-hmm. only play the same ten songs at every concert you go to. And now with Africa, that's one extra song that I'm losing where I could be hearing, you know, God knows what, you know, space rock from Maladroit. <laughs> but it's I'm hearing Africa. And then Take On Me. And then also uh, Me and You Together, whatever that turtle song is. These are all the songs I've seen in my last week's concert. <laughs> there, was, there, was a, there was a part of the concert I saw and like he, he gets on a, he halfway through the show, he puts on a captain's uniform and then he gets on a rowboat, and then they, some like crew guy, like rows him into the middle of the stadium, and everyone like gathers around him, and he plays "Island in the Sun" and "Take on Me." Uh, <laughs> That's just not what I need out of a Weezer concert. <laughs> just pay, play Pinkerton. I don't need to see you in the captain's uniform. <laughs> These are all things I'd ask him if he'd come to X on Monday. <laughs> and the fans uh, are like, "Why isn't he asking about Wolverine?" Uh. <laughs> Why don't you play the deep cuts off of Pinkerton? <laughs> this has nothing to do with X Men. Yeah. 
pay, <laughs> play pink triangle for me, clown. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a, this is an interesting one because we started talking about fashion and now we're talking about cover songs. <laughs> you know, you, you know, it's 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 the journey. I don't know. What, I, I don't know. What yeah. it's, why, it's why it's my favorite show. Come on. <laughs> um. Now, all right. So you subjected yourself to uh, the, the the Snyder cut. Uh, I did. You happen to check out uh, Falcon Winter Soldier? I did. Yeah. And that got me in trouble. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> well, I tweeted the next day because I was like, I watched it very late at night and I was mm-hmm. falling asleep during it. Um, and I was like, I-, I think I have fatigue from the MCU. And uh, so I tweeted the next day that I had MCU fatigue. <laughs> and someone replied to me right away and was like, you don't have to watch everything. Like, just watch what you want to watch. Like, stop complaining about it. And I was like, oh my God, like, what have I done wrong? Did I, did I do something wrong by sharing this opinion? And so I felt bad. But then, like all things on Twitter, I'm like, why do I feel bad? I didn't do it. <laughs> like, you don't have to reply to this. Because I was like, like S.H.I.E.L.D., like the gifted, like the Netflix uh-huh. shows. Like, I just don't, did not enjoy them. And I grew very bored of them. But I was watching them out of obligation. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's Loki coming and what if. And, like, it's never going to end. Miss Marvel, yeah. like, so now we're in, locked in now. Like, WandaVision I really liked. And I had yeah. fun watching it. And I think it's because I thought the concept was more interesting. Uh, Winter Soldier is very action and just, like, modern. And it's like those Captain America movies, which is fine. But, like, I feel like I'm obligated to watch every Friday now to keep up. And I'm just like, my God, I'm looking ahead at my life. I'm like, this is my life now. There's no way. <laughs> so I just, I wanted to share on Twitter to, to work this out in public. And I get, I get yelled at and I felt bad. <laughs> I, I, I'm really conflicted. And in fact, I uh, actually just wrote about the, the first episode with uh, Ken Laster uh, over at CXF. I, you know, I, I love the Falcon. I love Bucky. I, you know, I love Cap's boys. Uh, but this just didn't there are a lot of pl- it, it's got a lot of potential to go wrong yeah so like the part where i got lost was like where he's trying to get the bank loan yeah and then he's like on the shrimp boat and then the other guy's in therapy and i'm like yeah these are interesting things but like do we need a show about this like and, and that's the thing you know what it feels like around. it feels yeah. like a bendis uh, arc Right? Like it's decompressed. It's called the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier have not teamed up, right? Mm-hmm. They're still leading separate lives. And the Bucky stuff almost feels like I, I kept saying it. I'm going to say it again. It was like watching Nick Miller on New Girl. It was like watching Jake Johnson if he had had a past uh, as a relentless killing machine. <laughs> trying to have normal human interactions and go on dates. And he's just wincing and uncomfortable yeah. the entire time. And also randomly friends with, with an old Asian man. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the date was interesting. I was like, okay, this is fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and listen, but, like uh, I appreciate Bucky. I appreciate Bucky going to therapy and putting that work in. Right. And I appreciate yeah. Sam, uh, trying to to help his his sister get get a bank loan and, and consolidate and lower her monthly, I I, I think what I, I what what is bothering me is that it's such a weird like, thing to follow WandaVision. You know what that that's what it is. Like yeah. there was such a vision there. God damn it, that was a pun. <laughs> I'll flog myself later. 
you know, and this this feels it feels like you know what it, it's the Netflix shows. I, I think. Well, it's, it, it, yeah, I feel like yeah. why why does the show need to exist? Is the thing like I like Falcon as a character. I like Bucky as a character, but I don't think they are stars of their own. Like they don't need this. There there is nothing making Marvel tell the story. Like it's not that interesting a story. They're telling it because they need to create all these spinoff shows. And that's where I'm, I'm starting to get worried here. And yeah, like, it, it reminds me of the content. Gift. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of the gift. It reminds me of shield reminds me of, so like iron fist, Luke cage, like, yeah, they all are like stars in Marvel comics. So like they could hold shows, but they didn't because they were very boring shows. Those shows I, I know there's a lot of fans of those shows, like Daredevil. I never finished Daredevil. I just found it very boring and long. Me either. Yeah. Um, but like The Gifted uh, and Agents of Shield, it's like here's the other stuff going on. Here are the other people, and it's like I don't, we, I don't need to see that. Like She-Hulk. Okay, sure, that's a show, maybe. Miss Marvel, <laughs> that's a show, maybe. Like we'll see. Uh, Wanda and Vision. I think they did something interesting with it. So like, but like Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know. It, I just don't know. If, and then I'm worried. I'm also worried about the, the War Machine show, the Armor Wars. Oh, yeah. Is, like, just kind of like tacked on to those announcements. Like, also, we're doing Armor Wars. It's like, what happened to Tony's stuff? Like, we know what happened. We keep seeing what happened to Tony's stuff. It was yeah. Mysteria. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm probably forgetting other ones. Like, Loki, it looks interesting, but it's, it seems like they just like, how do we keep this Loki thing going? Like, I don't. And they snapped I, their fingers and said, Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye is, is one that, like, I, I know the Hawkeye comic is very popular, but the last time we saw Hawkeye, he was like murdering people and it's like Ronan and like, mm-hmm. how do you spin that around? Like, why is this guy still around, first of all? Like, I feel like his character arc <laughs> was a pretty dark place. But, uh, He's Deathstroke the Terminator, mentoring <laughs> teen girls after murdering people. Hopefully without the creepy, not even subtext, but flat out text. Yeah, also that. And, and, mm. and let's not forget that... Uh, Bucky Winter Soldier is also including uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Is including, you know, every C-list Captain America villain you can jam into a television series. Batroc, Flag Smasher. I guess Zemo is a higher tier than that, but whatever. And, and the most singularly punchable character I've ever seen, just from that last scene with U.S. Agent. Man, you just want to. <laughs> Smack him. That guy looks like that Ted Cruz of superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could get really interesting. Like, I like Zemo as a villain. I think that's exciting. Like, uh, I mean, he's very different from the Zemo in the comics, but like, we'll see like what they do there. Um, I think it's interesting. It's like, all right, fans, here now he's got his purple mask. Happy instead <laughs> 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 of glasses and like a zip up sweater. You know, the, the funny thing is, there's a way around all of this, right? Where you don't have to do six, eight, ten episode yeah. prestige series for all these characters all you have to do is marvel comics presents mm-hmm. and you treat it like the magical world of disney like that how that used to be like a sunday night event show you know where walt you don't have walt anymore because stan's dead but you know you just do a different thing every time yeah. so you can do standalone stories you get the actors to come back you know you can do two-parters you can do three-parters but you don't have to draw each thing out into to 13 episodes or whatever you can just make it like an anthology thing and they all have this standing contract where you know you come back every once in a while and and, and 
you know, we bring in the Falcon, we bring in, in Clint or, you know, or She-Hulk or whoever. And then, you know, eventually we'll, we'll, you know, put you in another movie and maybe some of it's animated. So, you know, maybe there's room for the, the Jordan and Patton Modoc in there uh, as well. Secret Invasion. That's the other. Series. That's the other one. Yeah, yeah that, that mm-hmm. seems pointless too. That's on like Armor Wars category, where it's like here's a name of something that you know, and we can resell the trades, but it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to say I, no to more Ben Mendelsohn. So, <laughs> I feel the same way though about the Star Wars shows too. So, in, in case people are thinking I'm giving them a break, those also no, maybe... they're going to get all spun off into oblivion. They're, yeah. they're just yeah. going to run that right into the fucking ground. But one of them is giving me Thrawn, so shut up until <laughs> that happens. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I just want my, my live-action Thrawn, and then they can all end. I'll be happy. I think it's just, yeah, it's it's because uh, there are the billions of fans who are excited about every single piece of this, so it's like, I guess I've just outgrown it for I did feel this way, like, I mean, I like the MCU, but, like, I felt this way when I saw Ant-Man, whatever that last one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was like, all right, I'm done, like, enough, or, <laughs> it's like, why, do, this isn't that great of a movie, and I just feel like I'm obligated to watch this movie, and, like, all right, what's the teaser at the end, but uh, I would like fewer, fewer MCU everything, and I'll be a happy person, but... <sighs> The universe doesn't want me to be happy, so. <laughs> All right, yeah, listen, they'll, they'll keep making them until the series becomes unprofitable. <laughs> but those X-Men movies in the MCU, which are spinning out of all these shows, I know, I've heard, I've read it. <laughs> well, Mephisto, Mephisto's going to make it happen. I think Mephisto creates mutants. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay, that was, so, so that's one thing about WandaVision, right? So I, I'd watch that with my wife and my son, who's nine, and we got into the habit of starting to watch like YouTube explainer videos afterwards. And because, you know, my son isn't like, you know, my wife and son aren't, you know, haven't read all the comics. So it's like, they're, they're not sitting there pointing going, Hey, I recognize that from that issue of West coast Avengers where vision split. Right. So, you know, they're watching all this about the Easter eggs and like, they kept peppering in like the Mephisto fan theories. And I'm just like, you know, it's one of those moments where you have to talk with your son. I'm like, son, listen, <laughs> These guys don't know what they're talking about. They're talking out their ass. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Daddy wants the guy with the baby demon hands to come on the show. It's not going to happen. <laughs> when they say it was Agatha all along, they can't make that any more clear. <laughs> it's there in the lyric. Well, I it was, was Agatha I was, all along, but it was actually my first though. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast for like a film site that I listen to like all the time. And it's like a respected site. And I like listening to this podcast. But they did these WandaVision recaps, and I wanted to strangle the person, like, with the people talking, because they're like, <laughs> I don't know, there's got to be more to Quicksilver. Like, why would they use that actor if it's not tied to the X-Men films? It's like, because to they're not, us. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a wink, wink at the audience. Like, that's it. But, like, and I, what I don't get, and now, see, now I'm getting fired up two hours into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's not X-Men that fires you up, it's the MCU. But, uh, like, why do people and X-Men movie fans or like anyone, why do we want to keep that franchise alive? It ended terribly. The last two movies, Apocalypse and X-Men Dark Phoenix, it was so bad. They shelved it and then they just put it out in the theaters. Like they didn't call it X-Men. They called it Dark Phoenix. Why would you want Quicksilver from that to come back? He didn't, it wasn't like no one in that was great. I don't, I see a lot of tweets for like, I want these people to come back or like, Maybe they come through a portal and they're like, I don't want any of them back. I want to move on. That's it. It's yeah. over. They had like 20 films and they weren't that great. 
Sorry. <laughs> yeah. The, the Easter egg that means something, which is the big thing the MCU has done, has spoiled people for the idea that sometimes an Easter egg is just there mm-hmm. to be fun. Smallville, back in the day, littered every actor they could from every other Superman franchise possible into that show. And guess what? None of them meant anything. It was there because, hey, we can get Christopher Reeve, and we can get Dean Cain, and we can get Margot Kidder, and we can get whoever. And the Also, of course you can get Dean Cain. <laughs> well, this was before he fell off the cliff. Let's be fair. No, I'm just saying his rates are reasonable. That's all. (laughs) Okay, that's true. And the the number of times Kevin Conroy appears voicing Batman, no, those don't mean that there's an omniversal theory of Batman. It just means Kevin Conroy's a great Batman. Yeah. Well, you need all those appearances so that the clickbait farms can write an article that's like, they finally get Batman right with Kevin Conroy in this show that no one watches. But apparently they do. I don't know. It's uh, every everything about this geek culture. I am just over. <laughs> it's all it's all the MCU click clickbait headlines. I, I um, mean, what that we're all just getting too old for this shit. That's that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we gotta retire. We gotta live our lives. We gotta this comic journalism. Uh, there's the, there's, there's gonna be scenes of us just like you know Spider Man fifty with like the costume and the trash can <laughs> and us walking away down the alley. <laughs> Going to get brunch. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that is something though, like the WandaVision, I did think about that. Cause it's like, there were all these little Easter eggs, like the white vision and mm-hmm. Agatha Harkness. And like, what, I don't know, like what is fun about that or exciting about that? Knowing a storyline, knowing it's coming and, and like being like, I knew that was coming. Like, is that it? Is it the thrill of like, I was right. I know more than the mainstream people. Cause that's not re- like, don't we want new things? Like, if they adapt the Krakoa saga into the MCU, we know what's coming. Like, wouldn't we want something to be completely surprised and entertained? You know, somebody made a very valid, uh, valid point about why the X-Men won't work in the X- MCU, especially in their current paradigm. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's all too queer and horny for the aesthetic of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Which which is to say, the X Men don't need it. <laughs> yeah, they also are a human hating cult now. I've read online. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's 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 weird. It's weird to see all of this stuff. Like, I mean, I was excited when J.K. Simmons was in uh, the last Spider Man. That mm-hmm. was exciting. Yeah. I really like that. But then you hear the theories right away. And it's like, it gets ruined immediately yeah. by the theory where it's like, did he come through the Spider-Verse? Like, why would he come through the Spider-Verse, get a new job, like set up a new career? Like what? <laughs> Shave his head or whatever. Like, <laughs> you're, you're stretching here. Just enjoy the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes somebody's just good enough to play the role over and over again. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> Robbie, I found this um, portal in my office. I'm going to walk through it. <laughs> well, it I bet it's full of menaces. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this goes back decades. And it's not just exclusive. I mean, the, the fan theories about, you know, that James Bond is a code name 
that it has been something that's been going on since, you know, well before our modern iteration of geek culture, where people are trying to explain off all the different bonds. And it's like, or they just don't want the franchise to end and people age out. That's also possible. Play nicely in uh, Matt Kinn's bang. Uh, Matt Kinn, Wolfredo Torres' bang. Yes. But, it's, I mean, that's a meta commentary on that. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It is a, it's a, it's an issue I see a lot in like the X Men Monday questions, where there are the the long time X fans ask long term continuity questions to a current creator who you know doesn't have an answer, care about the answer, or know the answer, because it's like it's unfair. It's like you know if 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 uh, uh, Joe Kelly or whoever did something in the nineties. Jordan is not doesn't have like a big loose leaf with like always oh, look that up. Where was that going? You know, and and you can't expect them to know because it's a job for these people. Like you know, Teeny Howard comes into a book. Teeny Howard has her own ideas for the, the characters in the story. She's not going to be like, I want to do this with Gambit, but in that Howard Mackey series, he we established that like you can't be tied to continuity like that. But I think that I you know reading comments like a lot of fans do think that way. They think it's all like one thing is connected to the next, and I don't know how to. You can't really reply to each one of those people but it's an interesting thing in, in fandom that has come up where it's like they think it's all one giant story because i guess they're the ones buying it but you know anyone who knows how these things go on the inside like yeah it's a job you know and, someone and the benefit starts the story is, arc and they yeah. go away <laughs> and if somebody tries to ask hickman, ask hickman about it he can just go boring and, uh... <laughs> he's like then, i'm done now <laughs> yeah um what are you reading apart from X-Men? Uh, I have a pile of trades that I'm trying to get through. I've got uh, the Jimmy Olsen book by Fraction. That's good shit. Is it? Is yes. It? yes. I'm halfway through it, yeah. Um, it's fun. And I just finished the Jack Kirby Jimmy Olsen book. So I read Ooh. that and I read this one after it. Um, and I also read New Gods. The Kirby stuff. So I bought all the Kirby stuff. Nice. And it sat here forever. I'm finally reading it. Um, I'm not that crazy about it because it, it's it's got very like disjointed. I feel like okay, I mean, it's it's good to look at, but like I think it's like watching Citizen Kane after growing up hearing Citizen Kane is the greatest movie of all time, and so you come into that with all that like looking for stuff, which I do like Citizen Kane, but <laughs> I don't want to lose the Citizen Kane fans out there. <laughs> but like the Jack Kirby stuff, you know, you hear people say like, it's bonkers, it's crazy. I think you, Dan, I think you told me about the that Mad sounds like something I'd say. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Always, always tweeting me about Jack Kirby. <laughs> I think I think you mentioned the cap stuff is like crazy. Um, it is, it is. I've heard about, it, yeah. So it's like going to the Kirby stuff. Like I'm like, this is gonna be crazy, but it's not what I expected. Um, I mean, there is like the Jimmy Olsen stuff is like the the hippie city or something on the outskirts of Metropolis or whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. a lot of really random stuff. <laughs> Two words, Don Rickles. Yeah, yeah, the, the multi-part Don Rickles story arc. That was weird. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, actually, it's, yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to say, I have the fourth world omnibus. I've actually, I've read all of Mr. Miracle and I've read all of New Gods, but I still have to get through Jimmy Olsen and uh, the, the Forever People. So Okay, yeah, I haven't read Forever People, but I've got, and I've got Miracle, Mr. Miracle. I haven't read that one yet. So that's the last one, last ones. Um but it's interesting. It's interesting, and it's also interesting, like Dark Side and, and, and my my boy Steppenwolf <laughs> with his hat, and uh, so that's interesting. And then I've got um, I've got two new mutants trades, epic collections I have to read. Um, one is the Rob Liefeld heading that direction, yeah. the end of the Simons and stuff, 
Uh, Rob Liefeld is someone I think would be interesting to talk to next on Monday because every time I've ever heard him, he's fascinating to just listen to him go. Like, they wind him up and just goes for like two hours on a podcast. But he's also a huge jerk to everybody. Yeah. Know? As I feel like these people are my friends. They're not. But, like, I like <laughs> them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, do, I wouldn't want to have someone on who's, like, shit on all these other people who I like their work. So, yeah, yeah he's uh, no rush to get him on. <laughs> and also, I, I tried to talk to him at a con, and he, sh- he, he shooed me away because I hadn't paid the, the money to get a signature. So that was fun. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm reading. Uh, that's up next. I just read the God Loves Man Kills extended cut. Speaking of Chris okay. Claremont. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a nice, beautiful, hardcover, oversized edition um, with some good interviews um, in the back with Claremont and stuff. Um, but his new like framing sequence which is kind of weird because it like ties into X-Men Black. <laughs> so that's an interesting, very George Lucas decision to revisit it and... Uh, <laughs> make it more interesting he's we'll still going to make Kitty run for president you know? <laughs> <laughs> she's coming um, so yeah that's what I've been reading um, but yeah I don't have a lot of time for stuff like I read the X-Men comics um, I pick them up at the store I'm reading King in Black because it's got X-Men in it mm-hmm. I'm in that weird point where I'm like I don't have space for all these comics so like but I, I keep buying anything X-Men and I'm like, well, I should buy all the X-Men miniseries. I should buy all their appearances, but I'm like, no, I have to stop myself. So <laughs> after King and Black, I'll try to not get the extra X-Men stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I hope that answers the question. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, this has been uh, an excellent uh, hour and a half of uh, stuff. Uh, how can people follow you online and X-Men Monday and everything you got going on? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at, uh, Chris A. Hassan at, how's it work? At the ad goes first. I never yeah. had to do this. Are you, are you giving out your email? I mean, you can give out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people would love to send you their thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I get on that Doug Ramsey pitch again? <laughs> I want to draw it. Um, yeah. So at Chris A. Hassan, that's how Twitter works. Um, and you can tell me how I need to stop complaining and shut up for complaining about the MCU. Um, <laughs> I will say with the X-Men Monday celebration. So X-Men Monday, when does this air, this podcast? Uh, this will be dropping uh, the same week as, as X-Men Monday 100. So okay. for if you're a Patreon subscriber, it will not have come out yet. If you are a regular listener, it will have come out. Okay. Yeah. So I got to talk to both of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Complicated. Have fun conjugating well, those verbs. Next <laughs> <laughs> on Monday, 100 is on the 29th, the last Monday of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be extra sized and extra exciting. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know who's in it yet. I can't say those things, but you've already seen it. If you're half of those people who've already read it <laughs> and you loved it. <laughs> um, so that's at aaptcomics.com. Um, we've been doing some X-Men Monday 100 giveaways. So we've got five giveaways total. We've given away, uh, some digital codes. So if you like, so you'll still have time to do this. If you like (laughs) and retweet X-Men Monday 100 and follow APT Comics, you will be entered in a chance to win either a batch of six X-Men digital codes to recent comics of your choosing, people, or... (laughs) You will be entered into the giant size X-Men Monday 100 giveaway, which is uh, if you're a U.S. citizen, you will, we will mail you 
a uh, box of various X-Men comics and trade paperbacks and Marvel stuff, uh, a big bundle. So that's fun. Uh, I, I want to say $100 value or more, but I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what we have in stock. Um, How much more, comics cost these days? Is, that's what, that's like, like three books? Three comics. <laughs> three Wolverine number ones. Uh, <laughs> um, this retweet could be worth $2,400. <laughs> Toys for Us giveaway. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing we're doing is uh, uh, artist Todd Knock. Uh, for uh, a previous X-Men Monday, did a original Soul Storm, Soul Sword Storm sketch based on fan polls where they got to pick a character, a prop, and a location. So he did Storm with the Soul Sword on Krakoa. And that, you can find on the Todd Knock X-Men Monday. It was uh, somewhere in the middle of the pandemic when I was scrambling to find pandemic guests. <laughs> but uh, he did that. It was really cool. And so we've got that up for auction. The auction ends on Monday, the 29th. Um, and we launched it as of this recording. We launched it this morning uh, around noon. Um, $25 started at. It's already at $590. Wow. So by next Monday, I'm assuming it'll be in the billions. <laughs> and the proceeds, this is not going towards me, the proceeds, or Todd. <laughs> the proceeds are going to the Hero Initiative. I should have led with that. <laughs> so we're giving back to a good cause. Um, but if you want to send me money, <laughs> Chris A. Hassan at... <laughs> <laughs> um, <Rowdy yeah>. number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess Patreon subscribers stay on the line. <laughs> You'll get, get direct access to my bank account. Um, but yeah, so lots of fun stuff. Um, X Men Monday 100. Scope it out and uh, come back for 101 and beyond. And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thanks so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A is now part of ComicsXF, formerly Xavier Files, meaning you can find this podcast along with our sister podcasts, Battle of the Atom and Chris's on Infinite Earths, and a ton of great comics criticism at ComicsXF.com. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at ComicsXF.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice, and a $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail for my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Match Club podcast, Robert Secundus from Toxman at ComicsXF.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel Spider-Woman series, and Lan M from Lan's Vids. You can follow WMQ&A on Twitter at WMQComics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. And until next week, remember to spay and neuter your good night and good luck. W-N-Q-A. W-N-Q-A.